so I guess we'll get started on Oz. What, we haven't started? I thought we started a while ago. Well, kind of, but not really. <laughs> kind of, sorta? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, discussing the episodes that, that we're gonna go through tonight. Uh, well, are you recording any of this, or have you Yeah, started? I'm recording, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then yeah. let me throw in, you know, a little tidbit that you, you can edit in or out as you see fit. Uh, well, let's do the, the introduction first. Oh. <laughs> Why? Someone needs to know who we are at this point. If you've think... made it to this episode, <laughs> you should know that this is Amelia, Chris, and Susan Monk on <laughs> M-City Podcast. Coming at you. <laughs> Live and... And tonight... We are finally starting season six, the final season of Oz, with Dead Man Talking, Sonata de Oz, Failure to Communicate, and I left one out. Uh, yeah, see the second the second one: See no evil, hear no evil, smell no evil. So yeah, those are our four episodes tonight. You're you're actually going with that. <laughs> and there's something in the middle there that I left out. <laughs> okay. I see we've become a casual podcast. There's no <laughs> there's nothing yeah, going on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the, the, the episodes that we're talking about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to see here, folks. Because nothing. they're making me do this. They're holding a gun to my head. Dead man talking. See no evil, hear no evil, smell no evil. Sonata de Oz and a failure to mu- communicate. <laughs> a failure to communicate. There it is. Which is what we have tonight. Yes. <laughs> I love every second of it. <laughs> so, Chris. Yes, ma'am. Tell us. <laughs> tell us about dead men talking? Yeah, tell us okay. about Dead Man Talking. It was written by T.F. Tom Fenton. Directed by Adam Bernstein with the theme of death and the afterlife. Dun, dun, dun. In the season six premiere, Alvarez and Schillinger have, are released from solitary and placed back into the gen pop. Meanwhile, a morning Rebidow, 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 Spirits, oh, wait a minute, let me try that again. A morning Rebidal spirits get a lift when he is transferred to the library and meets the new librarian, Stella Kofo. Yes, that was her last name. Yeah, they don't really tell you in the show, do they? I don't know. They must have introduced her to people. I'm, I'm just, every time a woman is introduced, I'm like, how long until right. <laughs> there's a luncheon and our boy right. is going for it? I just like, exactly. that's a, the first thought that fires into my mind. Rebidow, I never would have guessed. Right. <laughs> Tim McManus. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like a, a prerequisite for walking into Oz, though. You're going to get hit on by McManus. <laughs> Man is a raging hard on. <laughs> well, this episode had a commentary by Tom Fontana and Iman Walker. 
And Chris, I think you said you found uh, Iman Walker in something. Um, Didn't you see him in something recently, or no? He's in a, a new show. I uh, unfortunately I did not look that up. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was just weird because I keep seeing Oz people in other things. Like I, I saw a movie called Thirteen. Has anybody mm-hmm. heard of this? Came out in two thousand ten. Oh, the little girl thirteen. No. Yeah. Oh, okay, this is a different thirteen. No little girls. No. Yeah, this is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, this is a naive young man assumes a dead man's identity and finds himself embroiled in an underwor- underground world of power, violence, and chance where men gamble behind closed doors with the lives of other men. Okay. It's basically uh, a game of, um, um, what's it called, um, Russian roulette uh-huh. played with a group. It's like group Russian roulette. You've got like... 20 guys with guns pointed at the backs of everybody else's heads. Oh my gosh. And like they're timed, they spin the cartridge, <laughs> time wow. it, and fire. And it had half the freaking cast of Oz in it. It was, okay. it was strange. It had, um, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, Oh, wait. I'm on the IMDb page. I can just go to <laughs> and go by people's faces. Um, one th- it had Michael Shannon, who isn't in Oz, but he's <laughs> That struck me as odd. But it had, um, who's the, what's the name of the guy who plays the, uh, the, um, the leader of the Mexican gang? Who's also in Dexter? Angel, Batista. Angel, yeah, right. Angel Batista, um, the one who used to be a cop for, you know, right. in real life for twenty years or whatever. He was in it. Yeah. Um, there, there were just like a number of people. Like, wait, that guy's from Oz too. <laughs> it was just bizarre. It was like, does this have some connection, or mm-hmm. did they like pull these people? It also had Jason Statham. I mean, all the main guys oh, wow. were like Mickey Rourke, <laughs> Jason Statham, Sam. Mm-hmm. But, and uh, you're sending a copy of this to Susan right away, right? Um, the movie? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Susan needs to see this movie. Oh, my gosh. You probably should. It's okay. Sons of Anarchy is on later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It only got like a 6.2. It might just send me over the edge. <laughs> it might. Yeah. It has Ray Winstone. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that, was my, that was my Oz out of Oz story. Oz moment. Okay. <laughs> Oztastic cast. All right. So getting back what? to the beginning of the last... Freaking season, Dead Man Talking. Yes. And who do we see again? We see our friend Augustus Hill. Who is he's dead? back. Yes, he's dead. And he's bringing back the dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's bringing back the other dead inmates as our uh, narrators for this season so far. But it's weird because he calls himself 
Augustus Hill, essentially. Yet we know that the narrator isn't Augustus Hill because we've seen the narrator walk. It's just weird. I, I, yeah. I'm be crossing lines here because it was always narrated by not what I assumed was the character in the show, but like right. just this omnipresent, you know, person who sometimes was in a wheelchair and sometimes wasn't. So I thought that was kind of a strange thing right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then he's not in the episodes very much because, like you said, he introduces other people we've completely forgotten who look completely different <laughs> and are supposed to be right. guys who died in the show. <laughs> well, you know, strange things happen in the afterlife. <laughs> yes, so you get haircuts, <laughs> yes. you gain weight. Yeah, that's right. There's pizza <laughs> and cookies. <laughs> So, and meanwhile, poor Tim, he's uh, painting a a little meditative maze on the floor of the gym. So forget the basketball this season. We're going to have people wandering through the maze. Um, In the commentary, they said it's about a spiritual cleansing journey. And they would also use it when they weren't filming. So it it worked, you know, off camera too. Actually, I... This was a good start for the guy who plays McManus. He, unlike that se- terrible season start that he had where he was just like in bad acting school, <laughs> I kind of bought that he would, his character would do this and this would be the way, uh, the loss that he's, uh, he's suffered <laughs> under the hands of fate, I guess. Right. And I, I think, didn't they say he went to some New Age yep. course or something? And <laughs> so. He went to a course <laughs> in self-meditative uh, depression. <laughs> and this mm-hmm. is what he got out of it. Right. All I got was this lousy maze. <laughs> right. And, th- and this is supposed to take place six months after Hill's death. Mm-hmm. So, And he, they also, they found a box with a manuscript in it in Hill's cell and I don't know how he hid it you know with all the uh, <laughs> go in and shake down and search the cells but hey well, um, it would just have been a box of his stuff you wouldn't have had to hide it I guess it was yeah. just after he died they found it right like yeah and knew it was something important I guess well it had a note on it yeah. Saying do not open under until uh, six months after, after my, death. my death. Yeah. With um, Redding and Saeed. <laughs> and um, of course, Redding wants nothing to do with it. Saeed sees possibilities. <laughs> um, Redding is swooped out by the supernatural element of it. Where uh-huh. he predicted his own death the day that he died, which, once again, the show... Dude, had, did they ever explain <laughs> what happened to the fucking uh, preacher who disappeared and started showing up in people's dreams? Like, he, who got up and walked out of sickbay yeah, and, like, yeah, just... Yeah, they did. They did? Yeah. What? What happened they, to him? They, they found him behind the wall. No. So I guess the, the bikers put him back behind the wall again what? and left him there to die. Yeah. When did, I, when did this happen? 
it was sometime last season. When did we talk about it? I don't remember that either. We didn't. I'm not making shit up, Susan. I'm not making it up. I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I mean, it was just a... I remember him back behind the wall. That's the latest excuse How did they know to look back behind the wall again? Uh... I don't know. Somebody talked, I guess. But there was there was a scene where they were taking the bricks out of the wall in the kitchen, and there was the body. So, yeah. I don't remember that. How could we have covered this in a recap? I don't know. (laughs) I know. And our last episode was two hours. Show ever. Well, are we really a recap show, or are we just talking about? So, and also with Chucky Pancamo is back, and (laughs) he's almost completely healthy. (sighs) (laughs) And um, and next we see Saeed and Redding having another conversation about. Uh, you know, getting back on track and what they want to do next, and Redding. Is this a fight that breaks out. And, yeah, and, and then Russia Redding goes to walk the maze. Isn't following, you know, isn't being a leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just trying to put some context in how this conversation started. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. being a recap show with. <laughs> no, no actual explanation for major things that occur. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys jump in with what you want to say, and, and then I go, okay. you know, whatever. I'm, so. I'm just, my mind is blown. <laughs> I need to find this up. And now I have to watch more fucking Oz. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one little scene. Oh no, yeah. So, and then our next narrator is Jefferson Keene, who died in season one. And we see Claire Howell in solitary. I, I call her now the solitary slut. Because <laughs> Why do you call her that now? Well, she's she's working in solitary again. And she's it's like, well, today I'm in the mood. When she sees uh, Martinez, today I'm in the mood for Mexican. So. <laughs> she's, uh, she's being the, the slut in solitary. So. Mm-hmm. And then another day, she picks Omar White, and in in the commentary, Iman um, Walker said that his favorite scene with Omar White was the one where Omar said he wanted to be a cowboy because the cowboys could sing, <laughs> and he said that was his, his favorite scene to to shoot with him, mm-hmm. and then. We have this annual review of Prisoners in Solitary, which even Tom Fontana uh, admitted that this was a lame plot device just to get certain characters back in circulation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, as a result of that, Alvarez is going back to M City. He says he'll be okay, but he can't control his enemies. Um, and then McManus sets up a meeting with Alvarez and Guerra to reconcile in his office. 
Now, yeah. I, I already, uh-huh. I'm, I'm blurring episodes and not having... The reason they were out of Solitary was a review? Yes. It wasn't the poisoning? That comes later. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I clearly was thinking... Um, yeah, but that does sound like a lame reason to pull people out of yeah. solitary confinement. <laughs> you kill the person, you uh, rape the person, but, you know, we're reviewing. <laughs> Maybe yeah. these things are okay. So if he'd come up with the other idea first, then, yeah, he wouldn't have had to do this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Ribadel, he's... You know, he's still mourning. He says he wants to work in the library, and so um, he gets he gets a new job, and he meets the new librarian, played by Patty Lupone, mm. who is Tom Fontana's cousin. Oh. I love Patty so. Lupone. Mm-hmm. What else has she been in? She's a big time Broadway actress, yeah. mostly Broadway stuff. Yeah. Is that but, where you love her from? Um, well, yeah, I mean, she's just, um... How many Broadway shows do you see? Well, I've never seen a Broadway show, because I've never been to New York, but... That's why um, I'm curious. I'm like, where are you seeing this woman? I've never I, seen No, I was, like, total theater geek in high school. Big-time oh. theater junkie, and, um, just knew about Broadway shows, and... Um, I can't remember if she originated a role in Sweeney Todd or she just made it popular. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, she was um, called Baker? Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think um, I think the first time I ever saw her, she did a sh- uh, TV show in the 80s called Life Goes On. Mm-hmm. Um, that most people know because they had um, I think they had an autistic son or something and it was like the first mainstream autistic actor or character in a show or mm-hmm. whatever that was the first time I'd ever seen her but then as I got into theater I just became familiar with her work she's got cool. an amazing voice mm-hmm very cool. Yeah, she was a complete... I, I did not know who she was. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I figured she was just McManus bait. <laughs> but no, she's Ripadow bait. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to Death Row. And Death Row! <laughs> and we have Timmy Kirk joining the gang on death row and he believes he's satan and he believes he can't die he believes he's possessed by satan yeah yeah and for some reason mukata reluctantly goes to visit kirk and uh because he's a priest and forgiveness is like like, the bigger tenant of his religion Well, I guess so. <laughs> Even though he believes that, that the guy's pure evil. And then um, 
Timmy Kirk tells the diocese that Mikata sexually abused him. They don't believe it, but they have to suspend Ray anyway while they do the investigation. Poor Ray. And then we get to our, uh, I don't know, our distraction for this year. Things that bring people together in in Oz. And this year it's uh, Suzanne, uh, you know, Ryan's mother. She wants to put on a play. And um, not a play, the play, the, play. the Scottish play. Exactly. <laughs> and in the commentary, Tom Fontana he said, because of the curse on the play, the Scottish play, everyone who got cast in the lead role would die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there's a there's a deleted scene of everyone turning down the part. How would they know? Is that why it's a deleted scene? What do you mean? Why Why are they all turning it down? Well, nobody wants to be in the play, period. Right, because... Especially in the lead, because that's like a lot of work. Well, and and really, the, pe- the people who get cast in the lead have died. Well, not... On the, the show. On the show, eventually, that's the case. But, like, in the beginning, when she's first casting the part, nobody's died. No, but and they're all, and I assume this in that episode, the lead person died. Right, but like, did when was this deleted scene supposed to take place? At the beginning, when they first decided no, to do later, the play? later in the season, later in the season after people have died. Yeah, I see. now it makes more sense. Okay, sorry. Because like it's yeah. you know right? you said it was a deleted scene. I assumed it was from this episode. Yeah. No, no. He just said there's a deleted scene. So, you know, later in the. It Is ha- it in the deleted scenes? Um, I haven't gotten to it yet. Mm-hmm. So it was not in the deleted scenes for the first four episodes. Got it. <laughs> now we're all caught up. Yeah. Yep. Now we're on the same page. This is rare, kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It'll only last for about five more minutes. Yep. And so, so it's, we're typing still... will occur. I know, <laughs> Sleeping I will that's... occur. <laughs> so since we're still on death row, uh, we have Cyril's sock puppet. Uh, what's his name? Jericho. Jericho he, Mile. Yeah. He he speaks in a different voice, which happens to be um, the actor's real voice, <laughs> and he has a bad attitude. <laughs> Super bad attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom, Tom Fontana threw in this little tidbit. They had to re- rewrite and reshoot that scene with the lawyer talking to Ryan about the law of the execution of mentally challenged people because of a Supreme Court ruling that summer. Mm-hmm. So they had to do a quick last minute change. The ruling that made it illegal to execute our retarded people. Yeah, and then it's <laughs> what the what the, um, the the criteria for for retarded and or mentor, mentally challenged and you know the the rules. Gotcha. <laughs> if you weren't born retarded, you're not retarded and you can be executed. Yeah. Pretty Next. dumb rule. Yeah. Ryan uh, 
talks to Glenn Shoup again and makes him change his story or he'll cut off his other arm. And the, uh, the Arnold Zellman, the lawyer's character, is based on Tom Fontana's mother's cousin, a lawyer named Arnold Zellman. And we have, uh, we see Peter Shibetta again. He's back. And he confronts Ryan about his father's death uh, back in season one the, with the ground glass. Mm-hmm. And of course, Ryan blamed Adebisi. Um, that Shibetta talks to Sister Pete and he goes to visit his wife finally in, in the visiting room. You, you know what I did not realize until he showed up as one of the narrators? Or Shibata's father. Mm-hmm. Ding. Oh, yeah. He's the guy from fucking Breaking yes. Bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's the Ding guy. Who almost got an Emmy. <laughs> so, then we have, um, we have the death. The death of our, our, the lead in the play. Um, but first, Mian and Father Mian and Ryan O'Reilly, they chat over, you know, over the laundry while they're doing the laundry. And then later that day, that night, Father Mian died of an aneurysm. And we find out Ryan really did care about him. He wants to wash the body. Yep. Creepy. <laughs> and then he tells us he shit himself. And I want to wash the body. Mm-hmm. Creepy. <laughs> and then our our other friend, Vern Schillinger, he uh, gets out of solitary and celebrates with his pal Winthrop. Uh, Winthrop pl- has plans to move up in the Aryan organization, and he starts by blowing Schillinger, and is. Uh, <laughs> Moving on up. Yeah. (laughs) This is much better than blowing that other guy. Right. (laughs) And then he has a plan to kill Beecher's father. That's just mean. I know. They are just fucking eating on Beecher as a character. Uh This seems to be just... Wow. This whole season. Actually, all the seasons together. (laughs) I know. It's very sad. (laughs) And, of course, Beecher's father is there. He's working on Keller's appeal. And after their meeting, Winthrop corners him in a hallway and kills him. Boo. With the aid of who? A guard. Yeah! (laughs) The most corrupt guards in the universe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, really? I mean, this is a person... I've got to start a lawyer from the outside. Come I've on. got to start blaming Glenn, man. He mm-hmm. hired these feet. The, the screening process at Oz is terrible. <laughs> it's it's terrible. Really it's like, are you evil in any way? It should have been a checkbox. I'm evil. Sorry. You can't have the job. You check the box. <laughs> oh, my gosh. See No Evil, Hear No Evil, Smell No Evil, written by Tom Fontana and Sunil Nayar, directed by Mark 
Klesfeld, and the theme is Senses. The unexpected arrival of Mayor Wilson Lowen at Oz spurs an ironic turn involving Schillinger and Beecher. Meanwhile, Dr. Nathan discovers why solitary inmates are getting sick. A new business plan within Oz inspires Redding, and some death row prisoners get a bang out of a magazine shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was a good idea. Yeah. That was just, that was ridiculous. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> you don't think they were good models, huh? That was just the most ridiculous <laughs> plot point I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Hey, Glenn approved. It, it can go in the in the top five um, ridiculous plot points of Oz. How about that? <laughs> See, that's why we have to do that follow-up show. <laughs> <laughs> Way to sell it, Susan. Way to sell (laughs) it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and, you know, you get to talk more about Christopher Maloney. (laughs) She's done with Maloney. Aren't you listening? Are you part of this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently not. I'll get to talk more about Christopher Maloney. Okay. (laughs) And all the men of Oz. The men of Oz. <laughs> See, here you go. Got In a song. men of pause. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the men of pause. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, the warden won't let Beecher go to his father's funeral. Because. Because the- he's a dick. Uh-huh. The pri- just saying no to everybody for everything. It's like really, you can make that one exception. That one, I think you can. You can especially do. since he died in your fucking prison. Yeah. On your fucking watch. Yeah, Beecher could have reminded him of that. Yeah. <laughs> this is just. And then he would say, "Oh, okay." And then uh, the the mayor's good friend, or the governor's good friend. Wilson Lowen is sent to Oz in Unit J with uh, Uden Beecher. And what's this actor's name? You know, it's not in my notes. He's, um, I think this is the guy that's in all the John Carpenter films. Okay. Uh, Tom, uh, I want to say Tom Atkins or something like that. But, um, I'm pretty sure he's like an alumni of almost like he was in The Fog and he was one of the cops that um, dealt with processing um, um, Snake Plissken and Assault on, or not Assault, um, in uh, Escape from New York. Getting old sucks. Like the, but the you know what? You're right. It's Tom Atkins. Look at that! Pulled it out of my ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yes, Escape from New York. There you go. Yeah. The fog. Um, Drive angry. <laughs> he's a he's a pretty prolific character actor. Yeah. That mustache comes with him no matter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You don't get the Atkins without the identifying characteristic. Yes. 
What's next? Okay, Schillinger is worried that Beecher will hurt Lowen to get back at the Aryans, but instead Beecher saves Lowen uh, from choking. He does the Heimlich, because I guess he, you know he doesn't know about all the other uh, Lowen's background and his association with Schillinger. And you know when when Schillinger expresses that he's grateful, he doesn't doesn't believe it. See, this struck me as weird because I wasn't getting the association between Schillinger and the mayor. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, so, like, it was weird that they were, he was making all these assumptions, and you've got to assume that the characters knew right. that there was an association between Schillinger and, and this character who was coming to Oz. Mm-hmm. It was just, it, it was one of those out of left field cometh this <laughs> association. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that it existed before because Atkins has been on as this character before, correct? No, I don't think so. No? Mm-hmm. I mean, they mentioned uh, a meeting with Glenn back when he was running for mayor. And I know there were meetings like that that Glenn had with people. Yeah, so he, he might have been mentioned, I guess, off camera, you know, as mm. and but not. You're you're sure he hasn't been in the show before this? Pretty sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Then this is another example. Well, no, I'm I'm sure now because I'm looking up on IMDb and it says two episodes. So gotcha. there. <laughs> but right. the, well, the character but may is, have been mentioned before, yeah. Right. This is another example of um, what Amelia brought up previously, and what seems like years ago when we had a podcast <laughs> about this show called Oz. Um, and Ooh. <laughs> she mentioned the fact that, like, this show continues to introduce new characters this late in the game. <laughs> that have a full backstory and relationships with everybody else that we know nothing about. Right. Therefore, some of these things just seem like they're shoveled in, you know? It was like, he's like, what? He's in with Beecher. He better not do anything. If he touches a hair on his head, I'm going to fucking kill that guy. And I'm like, right. what are you talking about? And where is this all coming from? Mm-hmm. It just seems like clunky, clunky mechanisms going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I had to say. So. <laughs> um, and then uh, finally, this time, not a dream. Beecher gets granted parole. Mm-hmm. So, yay! Like makes it out alive. Yeah. Because time he got paroled, I was like, oh, death clock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The death clock is ticking. Yeah, but. You know, it's a good thing he uh, saved Lowen before he uh, got parole. Then <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Schillinger didn't want to kill him. Yep. Even though Schillinger is now... It's weird because this is kind of a mirror image of that... Uh, of a couple of seasons ago mm-hmm. where it was um, Beecher who had had Schillinger's son killed and yet they were on somewhat good terms and if Schillinger ever found out that would be bad yeah now it's 
the other way around, where Vern has had Beecher's father killed, mm-hmm. and Beecher isn't returning the favor, even though he actually gets a tip-off on the relationship from, was it from the cop? Yeah, yeah, Yud. The, yeah. What a terrible name. Yeah. Yud. Yud. <laughs> How do you remember that name? I know it's an unusual name. I was just like, how I know. do you remember? I know. That stuff. <laughs> Maybe because it's in my notes. <laughs> oh. okay. She does watch yeah. the show far more than we do. Yeah. She watched this, it originally. She watched it again. And then she watches around. all of the fucking extra scenes with commentary. Right. True. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So for all our suffering, she's enjoying herself more (laughs) sometimes and sometimes not (laughs) she is so she hits record on us and it all goes downhill from there it's like oh my gosh what did they watch (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't my show Mm -hmm. that's right and then on sons of anarchy um (laughs) because you know uh, uh Augustus Hill and Chucky Pancamo are on Sons of Anarchy this season, by the way. Oh, Chucky Chucky is in 13. Oh, okay. He's another. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, and then uh, Gloria, she figured out that the prisoners in solitary have methylene chloride poisoning i guess from she said from all the the renovations that they were doing like last season in solitary no it was all the renovations they did in rebuilding oz wait how do i know this and you took notes <laughs> when the place blew up so and, i took notes on different things <laughs> clearly you're not and not paying attention to the story <laughs> <laughs> the place fucking blew up and they had to rebuild it. All the materials that were used in rebuilding uh, that part of the um, prison settled in solitary and it's now causing those prisoners illness. Okay. But of course, Leo doesn't want to make this public. And one of the sickest inmates is Martinez and he, he really should be sent to the hospital, but uh, Leo doesn't want to send him to the hospital in order to keep it quiet. And he's also being interrogated by a guard. Right. His his good friend Dave Brass. It's like... He's become like the la- nastiest CO. Mm-hmm. Even though he returned the money. And like, where'd that money go? I guess to, to Ribadow's family... Just- Independently wealthy in prison. <laughs> no, no, it probably went went to the family. Yeah, they don't really cover that, do they? No, they don't. But you know, <laughs> I mean, you'd think Ribadow would have some, you know, perks. Yeah, have to step up in the life status. Well, you know, he's he's working in the library. He's having fun there. That's true. <laughs> I can't figure out how they make money they all seem to have money somewhere because they get paid for the jobs that they do but not much right it's crap that was a whole thread of the uh, has that happened yet it, it's in this no it huh? 
the the new um, the new job. Yeah, they, it comes up in this in this episode because there are two jobs competing. Right. 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 Okay. But um, with uh, Rebidow and the librarian, Stella tells us why she's here. She wants to help people like the little boy who broke into her house. And he, he was later, he was killed in jail. But, and so she was coming to work in the jail to maybe help people like him. And he couldn't read. Yeah, and he couldn't read. Uh, Norma keeps coming to Oz to see Busmalis, and uh, he doesn't want to see her. Um, Timmy Kirk is still being creepy and lying about Mukata's abuse. And, and then we get to the, uh, the death row fashion models. <laughs> it's like, really? And uh, in, in, of course, in the group shot, Hoyt made good on his word and killed Kirk, finally. <laughs> By shoving what, die. a light thing in his mouth or something? Yeah, one of the lights, yeah. It worked. But the devil who couldn't die <laughs> enters Kirk. Enters Hoyt. Or enters Hoyt, right. Mm-hmm. And we get a flash of the devil. Do we know who plays the devil? No. <laughs> that was still a ridiculous plot point. <clears throat> Dude, there's ridiculousness all throughout Oz. <laughs> I know, there is. And that is, like Susan said, in the top five, if, you know... I would say second only to the um, um, who were the people that got housed there because um, are the Chinese immigrants? Yes. <laughs> because that, there's I, no place else to put them. Let's put them in jail with a bunch of convicted murderers. <laughs> that I think takes the cake, but this is pretty especially rich. a jail with the people who were jailed for intimidating them. Like, I just want to know, like, what magazine editor says, hey, I have an idea. <laughs> and then what uh, prison warden says, sure, yeah. that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say they put some nice suits on them. They did, yeah. <laughs> At least, you know, our, our one fashion model, you know, he, he looked good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which fun, one fashion model? That would be oh, Christopher. Yes, Christopher Maloney. <laughs> he looks he looks nice in a suit. I will go in that. Does. He does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's okay. no Jay Bear Shelby. He looks nice in a suit. No Jay Bear. Yes, totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Then Said and McManus want to publish Hill's book, and and this was another thing that that kind of went with you know the the book and the show, and then there was a book in 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 the real world that was coming out, uh, and it was supposed to be like you know Hill's memoirs. So this was their way of marketing the marketing the book on the show. So there is a real book. Yeah. 
I thought when they brought out that palette of books, it was like, damn, the marketing department, I mean, uh, the prop department did a, had a big old job. Mm-hmm. But I guess those are just real books. <laughs> yeah, they're real books. And yeah. do you have one, Susan? No, I don't have one. <laughs> really? How's this possible? I know. I'm a bad fan. <laughs> Redding is still having nothing to do with this, and he's spending all of his time walking the maze in the gym. But then, you know, people want to play basketball, so they want him out. <laughs> so they say, hey, we've got this new telemarketing jobs that are coming in. 9 out of 5 stars, by the way. Okay. And the, um, the woman who's running the, the telemarketing company... That um, I the actress is Angela Anders, and she was recently on Better Off Ted and Mr. Sunshine, which were both on for one season each on ABC. So she's the death of shows. <laughs> no. She was on Not the season that end was the last season of Oz. She was on two shows that ran <laughs> one season. So tell me Wait. a show she's been on that's been longer than a single season. Uh, Wait, what's your uh, name again? Angela Anders. She's like a superhero. She has an AA name. <laughs> there you go. I have an AA name. Yes, you do. You do. That's You're a superhero, superhero name. too. Andrea Anders. Angela. Um, Angela. Yeah. Found Andrea. Because I watched Better Off Ted. Okay. Um, but that's Andrea Anders. Oh, yeah. You're right. Andrea. <laughs> that's her. She was on... No, her twin sister, Angela. <laughs> she was on Joey. Yeah. How many seasons was that? Um, 46 episodes. So more than one. <laughs> Wow! Somebody yeah. watched Joey longer than a single episode. <laughs> <laughs> but she was also uh, wait. Just because they made those episodes doesn't mean anybody aired them. They might have filmed it and then couldn't sell that shit. Well, they're on the DVD. <laughs> True. No, I'm pretty was sure she, they did two two seasons. Was she I, on both seasons, or did she go on that show second season and kill it? No, she was on. She was on both seasons. Well, there goes that theory. I was <laughs> really behind that theory. She's not Ted McGinley. Right. She what? I don't know if she still is, but she was for a long time dating Matt LeBlanc. Really? When they Sorry. did Joey, they started dating. Okay. Cool. And then she was on um, was Mr. Sunshine, which was Matthew Perry. Yeah. I watched that too because it had Matthew Perry. Yeah. Is anybody watching the new Matt LeBlanc show episodes? Yeah. No, but I would like to because I've heard it's really good. Yeah, it is. It's fun. It takes a while to become very good. The first season was kind of a slow burn, I thought, at the very Mm -hmm. beginning. But then it started getting hilarious as it went further. Yeah, but it has like one of the worst opening title sequences I have ever seen. <laughs> it looks like it was animated by a kid in the garage with a fucking Amiga. Oh, gosh, <laughs> it's terrible, 
terrible opening <laughs> title sequence. Um, and did the second season of that show come? Yeah, it just finished in, yeah. in the summer. It just oh, now I have something else to watch. I kind yeah. of missed it second season. Has it mm-hmm. continued to be as entertaining yes. as the end of the first season got? Yes. <laughs> Good to know. Yes. And now we've had our little Oz diversion. <laughs> had our moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, we, we have to finish so I can go watch Sons of Anarchy. So. <laughs> oh, now the clock's on us. Look at that, Amelia. We're I know, on right? Her down. <laughs> Somebody else wants to power through this shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do four episodes at once, so there you go. Um, <laughs> okay. Then Saeed goes off to the maze to think. Uh, Morales is suspicious of Redding and his business plans, of course. He doesn't. He's like, are they really going to do that? They're really out of the drug business? And so he's, I think he, w- he was making a new plan with uh, Pankamo. Uh, then we see Alvarez, his mother, comes to visit. And he uh, gives his old girlfriend Maritza a call. But um, I guess he, he left a message for her and we find out later. In another episode, the result of that. Then Shibetta puts a curse on Ryan and the O'Reilly family. Uh, Ryan tells Pankamo about the evil eye, and Shibetta is killed and his eye is taken out. W- one of the deleted scenes from this episode is Shibetta auditioning for the lead role in the play. And so, he get it? well, maybe he did get it. <laughs> And, you know, and now he's killed in this episode. So, uh, Next, Robson is attacked in the library. And he's, he's scared of everything now. Uh, because he doesn't have, you know, Vern and the gang backing him up. He asks uh, Cutler for protection. And um, he'll do it, you know, in exchange for sex. Uh, Robson talks to Sister Pete, but doesn't give her all the details. You know, just, you know, a, a general... Sister Pete gives him, a, gives him the permission to sell his body for protection. Right. But she doesn't know that that's what he's doing. Yeah, she has a slight little, wait, wait a minute, wait. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. no, thanks. Thank you very much, Sister Sia. Yeah. <laughs> I got what I needed to know. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes back and you <laughs> so and this was another one of those I, I don't know this this really grossed me out so another one of the things in Oz that what are you mm, talking about that that scene with uh, when Robson goes back to Cutler mm. give me the spoon oh <laughs> yeah, I yeah I didn't like that either <laughs> I don't again, think Robson liked it either. <laughs> no, he didn't like it. No, that, again, that was one of those, I, you know, just ready to jump. I know I've been ready to jump for a long time, but that was another one of those scenes that made me question, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, oh my God, look away. 
Yeah. This is Fontana saying, I've got you this far. I can do whatever <laughs> the fuck I want. See, you little prag. You're watching my show. Gonna fucking see the shit. That's what he's doing. Remember the first season where it was all fear of this kind of thing and none of that shit appeared? Then the second season came out. We're still kind of worried that that's kind of what the show would be about. No, no. We're, we're, we're above all that. Season three, boom. <laughs> <laughs> he just started throwing down gotcha. with a man-on-man ass. <laughs> and it has not ended since. The thing is, I'm not against man-on-man ass. I am all for it. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, go go for it. There's certain instances of shows I've watched, and it's really great. And then the show just... This is about men in prison. The man-on-man ass is rarely consensual right. in this yeah. scenario. Okay, I prefer my man. <laughs> no, I'm not even finishing that. Please do. I want to know. I want somebody yeah. else to have a ringtone. Please. <laughs> she's too, she's too, too conscious of that. Oh, no. That's exactly why I'm not finishing that statement. <laughs> Moving on. Sonata de Oz. Written by Tom Fontana and Sunil Nayar. Directed by Judy Dennis. And the theme? Music. But it's not a variety show like last time. <laughs> Schillinger has a disappointing visit with Mayor Lowen. Glenn has to face the truth about the toxic poisoning problem with Oz. Down in solitary, Officer Brass spends some quality time with Morales. Meanwhile, Cyril O'Reilly undergoes an unusual method of therapy, and Saeed gets more than he bargained for in leading the Muslims into a new business venture. This is the episode which was spoiled for me by some stupid IGN article on most shocking deaths in a television series. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, fuck, no, fuck! And then I was just waiting for it to happen ever since. Mm -hmm. And that was like two seasons ago. Okay. And I guess you recognized it when the scene started, huh? Uh, No, because I kind of forgotten the particulars of it. I just knew something was going to happen. Okay. So every time he was alone with anybody, it was was like, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? Oh, gosh. That's terrible. So what was the deal? Was he written out due to contractual things? Or is this a... Because... Or was this a plan? Was this the way they intended for this character to go? That's just... Yeah, how how they intended for him to go. Um... I mean, it wasn't, as far as I know, he wasn't, you know, working on something else that he had to get to and they had to, you know, because they they needed him for the show. You know, he was a good character in the show. So. I mean, I'll give it to them for not waiting until the last episode or yeah. penultimate episode to do this. Give them some meat for 
a little further down the road something to jaw on. And then, you know, he can show up in uh, as one of the narrators later. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this episode starts with uh, Beecher and Keller saying goodbye. Now, Amelia, how was how was this for you? Was this kiss better than the one from last season? That <laughs> it was better than that one, but still, nah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Keller tells Beecher not to forget him. Aww. And Schillinger goes to see Lowen and uh, deliver his mail and uh, Vern's idol tells him he's an embarrassment to the Brotherhood and so then Vern has a change of heart about Mayor Lowen. But you know everybody seems to tell Vern that. <laughs> like the Grand Wizard told Vern that. <laughs> Anybody in power thinks Vern's a fuck up. Mm-hmm. But I guess he, he just didn't take it as as personally, I guess, because he had more of a personal connection with this guy. Mm. So, you know, like he said that this this guy was like a second father to him. So, in two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in all the the years that they knew each other before this, <laughs> that mm-hmm. we didn't know about, and he's never mentioned his name. <laughs> On the fact that the mayor. It's a white supremacist. Yeah. That has ties with prison leaders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, sometimes <laughs> it's shit. I don't know. <laughs> the writing room. See, I, I just think of the shield, man. I think of something that had like, you know, it had impossible and improbable plots, mm-hmm. but the pathway to those was so spine tingling and 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 thrilling that you kind of you were moving too fast to notice how improbable it was. <laughs> this is a this is a thing with shows. It's like, and that's one of the hangups I have with uh, the current darling Homeland. Um, mm-hmm. When a show like that, which has 22 episodes in a season to get through, um, is dealing with keeping people excited every episode, but like the main thrust of it is surveillance, <laughs> you have to create these scenarios that just make you go, oh, what the fuck? How? <laughs> How is this happening? <laughs> and uh, some, play- some shows can pull that shit off. Breaking Bad. <laughs> Some shows, um, you can see the cracks. You can see the writers positioning the pawns, and it makes for you know not a cool, not a cool thing. Yeah. Just an observation. Okay. And then before Beecher leaves, um, uh, Yude. This is where Yude tells Beecher that ah. Winthrop killed his father. On orders from Schillinger. And uh, then Lowen has a talk with the governor. And he he wants to be pardoned. Uh, or else he'll tell where the bodies are buried. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beecher says goodbye to Saeed. And goodbye to Sister Pete. And then he's out of there. Yay! Wait, 
Wait, wait, wait. Yes. <laughs> you said combine us. Oh, yeah, okay, he does say. Okay. It's the timing. We talked about Saeed's death before we yeah. <laughs> got to Saeed's death. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, isn't he dead? I'm going to go and say goodbye to Saeed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then um, that night, uh, Mayor Lowen is killed at Oz. Um, but was it Beecher's guy or was it the governor's guy? Beecher had a guy? I don't know. Did he? Did he? No. At no point was this a mystery to me. All right. So it was <laughs> the governor. Is, I mean, we see Shady McShade saying, I have something very confidential that you uh, yeah. most see. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see um, in the library, Stella and Bob flirting. Literary style. <laughs> Amelia, did you enjoy this? Off, but it was actually quite sweet, I thought. Yeah. It was I mean, very sweet. These two. But what's weird is, and it's funny that you should mention she's on Broadway. Because, like, the scenes between her and him are very stagey. They're very, like, play. <laughs> A play taking place in this spot together. Mm. <laughs> they just are set up that way. But, yeah. Like I said, I didn't mind it because uh, it seemed to be well written. I'm hoping, you know, Rebidow gets um, some. <laughs> <laughs> the man's had a long, hard life. Yeah. There's a joke there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. One of one of the inmates that that she's trying to help is uh, Pablo Rosa. He's there because he killed a classmate, he, a high school classmate, and now he's there in Oz. And um, she wa- wants to talk to him because when there was a book returned to the library that he had checked out, and he used it to beat his cellmate. <laughs> And so um, she wanted to talk to him about a better way to make the time go by while he's in Oz. Introduce him to some books, and he seems to enjoy the reading so far. Uh, Then this time when Norma comes to visit to see Boosmalis, she asks to see Ribadal for his help in getting through to Boosmalis and Maybe he can convince him to see her. Then um, the next scene we see Rebidow delivering some books to the prisoners. And we see Robson's new role as Prague. He's all uh, dressed up there. Look at that guy with the Daisy Dukes on. (laughs) Was he wearing pants at all? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were hiked so high. I thought he just had on a shirt. problems with that. <laughs> uh, then in, in the cafeteria, Robson started a fight with Pancamo, and Cutler finished it. And uh, then Pancamo hears later that he's going to get the kitchen back, 
in exchange for staying away for the Ar from the Aryans. Then uh, Guerra went to the infirmary to kill Martinez, but talked to him and decided not to do it. Uh, but Martinez... Hey. Question. Mm -hmm. Guerra. Yeah? Looking cleaned up or what? Yeah. My, he always looked like a wild man with that lazy eye or false eye. I don't know which it is, but <laughs> there's obviously something up with his eye. But, like, hmm. he's clean cut and shaved and, like, a different haircut. It made him look like, you know, less wild gang member, more normal human being. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe something happened between seasons. <laughs> oh, totally know. something happened between seasons. <laughs> hmm. He wasn't committing to his uh, wild man looks, and maybe that's why they wrote in a more uh, sedate and questioning Gera. Gera? What is his name? Gera. Gera. Because isn't this also the episode, it wasn't this episode, I think it was a previous one, where... Gara, Gara is talking with uh, the leader, and he's like, "Weren't you uh, trying to get out of violence? What happened?" And he said, "Oz happened," <laughs> <laughs> and that's the answer. It's yeah. like, okay, you're back to your thieving, killing, murdering ways. Yeah. And then Leo, Leo finally decides that he's going to disclose the toxic environment. Has a press conference. That's after. After Martinez died. Mm -hmm. um, and then our friend, Officer Brass, <laughs> he claims that Martinez uh, gave a deathbed confession about Morales' involvement in slashing his tendon. And so then uh, Morales is taken to solitary and Brass gets payback and slashes Morales' tendons. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, here's here's a big question that I've got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, an inmate has died due to poisoning, due to being in solitary. Where, after the inmates have recovered, do the inmates go? <laughs> Is there a second solitary that we don't know about? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Because it looks just like... The, the one that we saw before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prisons have one solitary, I'm pretty fucking sure. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they put them back the same fucking place they took them out. <laughs> yeah. And why is it just them? Here's the thing. When this whole <laughs> plot line started happening and people started puking on other people's shoes, I thought this was all leading up to they have some sort of STD, and that was going to fall back on, <laughs> on the, the guard. Yeah, I thought it was going to be, this is going to be glorious. That's awesome, yeah. And no, they don't go there at all. It's just a stupid shit that they don't fucking follow up on because they put them back in the same goddamn place. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> continue. <laughs> Unless you have commentary on this. Am I right or am I wrong? He, yeah, I mean, it's it, it doesn't make sense that they go back in the same toxic environment, yeah. And the guards are in the same environment. She works there every day. Right, they haven't gotten sick. Yet. <laughs> sick of this show. 
Uh, now we have Hoyt claiming to see the devil now that Kirk is dead. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see him. He's over your shoulder. Ah, <laughs> ah. Hoyt is bad. <laughs> He's good at yelling. Yeah. You know. <laughs> terrible yelling. There he is. Ah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and then Timmy Kirk's mom comes to see Father Mukata. Mm-hmm. And they have a nice chat. Mm-hmm. And Sister Pete wants Cyril to put Jericho away. And he refuses. He won't He won't let it go. And he uh, kind of... Bad words. Yeah. And then he gets... Cyril gets dragged away again. <laughs> Because that's what happens to shit. Yeah. And his execution is scheduled for the next month, but they want to give him um, electroshock. Yeah. To make him normal again so that they can execute him. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Sister Pete goes over the risks and benefits with Ryan. Then uh, we see Cyril after the procedure. <laughs> risks and benefits. Risks? He'll be shocked to death. To, to right. Benefits? He'll be normal, so he can be shocked to death. <laughs> no, he'll die from lethal injection. <laughs> so They haven't changed that yet. Eh? No, they haven't changed that. And then Suzanne comes to see him after the procedure and comforts him after that. Yeah. Hey, going back to Father Mikado for a quick sec. Mm-hmm. When every chick comes to see him, don't you think there's going to be a temptation scene? <laughs> <laughs> like someone's going to try and get under the frock of Father Mikado. <laughs> so yeah, Morales' sister tried. <laughs> yeah, that was in a bus. <laughs> yeah. That that was short lived. Yeah. But, like, I just, it was like, wait, are they going here? <laughs> <laughs> You're just waiting for that scene, aren't you? It just seems natural, or maybe easy, and I always assume these guys are going for the easy. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but with, with Cyril, the, the governor's plan worked, and Cyril's appeal was denied, and so the... He's he's set to be executed in a few weeks. So then back to the the telemarketing. We have uh, Redding's men are skeptical about it. The first client meeting doesn't go too well, but they do it anyway. Then we go to Saeed, and he talks to his publisher, and they won't publish Hill's memoir. And so Saeed starts decides that he's going to start his own publishing company there in Oz since, you know, they're starting businesses there. So why not that? Mm-hmm. And he's going to pay a real minimum wage. So we'll see how that works. <laughs> and he goes to talk to a reporter about the, the new company that he's going to start. And he gets shot. The reporter shoots him. The whack job shoots him. Yeah. Well, the so-called reporter, yeah. 
I've seen this old guy before. And he he's one of these guys who has looked that age for years. Yes. <laughs> I think I've seen him before, too, and I just couldn't figure out where. Joel Gray. That's what? Amazing. That's Joel Gray? Yep. Holy mother. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. Oh, my gosh. Now I feel really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come to the cabaret. So, yes, he's been in quite a bit. So. Yeah. And that, that was the scene that got spoiled for you, huh? Yep. There are a couple of deleted scenes here uh, with in this for this episode, uh, Winthrop comes to see Sister Pete, but she's not there, so he talks to Yude for a few minutes about what it's like to kill someone. And there's also deleted scene about uh, the prisoners interviewing for the market, the telemarketing jobs. And now, <laughs> the last episode. A failure to communicate. <laughs> and it's, I'll, I'll take this one too. It was written by Tom Fontana and Bradford Winters. You know, the other Winters brother. Directed by David Von Acknen. And the theme, communication. Glenn receives mixed reviews on the toxic poisoning problem. Meanwhile... Rebidow's relationship with the new librarian Stella hits a snag. Keller and Beecher work out an agreement, and Robson finally gets some redemption. So, the guy who killed Saeed is uh, Idzik. He says that he had to kill Saeed before nightfall, but he doesn't really offer any other explanation. And his defense didn't do anything like go for insanity. <laughs> exactly. Hello. <laughs> so, and In then fact, the processing stage seems so quick. Yeah. It's like, and he's in Oz. <laughs> well, yeah, that that may have been I don't know. But obviously they uh it was easy to catch him. <laughs> and hey, Leo started an investigation immediately. <laughs> oh, we've all seen how good Leo's investigative skills are. Yeah, but I mean, he's... His he, interview skills, his investigation skills. Right. But <laughs> here he, he found the guard who, uh, who let Idzik into the prison. Mm -hmm. And he fired him. I mean... So... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he only could he find the person. Up, who, go ahead. He brought up the fact that the guy had. Didn't he bring up the fact that he had been drunk at work before? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that he was drinking and he could smell alcohol on him now. So why is he still working there? Because they don't fucking care. <laughs> this this prison seems to be run like a it's fucking hard. zoo. It's hard and to get I, fired for a state job. <laughs> and they did that thing that drives me nuts where the person has clearly done something wrong, but then he says, oh, but my wife is dying of cancer. And then you're just like, oh. 
why now I feel bad, but you still did mm-hmm. something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate it when they do that. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> well, we see Beecher again. He comes back as a visitor. And somehow he hasn't heard that Saheed has been shot, there was a trial, and this guy got put into the same yeah. jail. <laughs> like, wait a minute. It couldn't have been that long. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's... Because he said that was the news he gets when he comes back to the jail. Yeah. That Saeed is dead. So he hasn't heard any of this shit. No. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's been in court. He's been in court. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, um, he gives Keller the good news about his case. That... Um, Keller's appeal. He, he Keller's off death row now. Mm-hmm. So and Keller reciprocates in a mm-hmm. dumbass way, but not like that. Sorry. That's good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, not that he was. Okay, this first this first time that Beecher comes to see him, I think, was when um, he had good news that things look were looking up. Not that he was completely off death row yet, mm-hmm. um, because after that, Keller goes to see Sister Pete because she has to assess the mental health of the death row prisoners. And and she just assesses, "You're still an asshole." Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you're perfectly normal. (laughs) Yeah, you are the same asshole I remember before. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The trying to pinch my breasts, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And so then, when Keller gets out of death row, uh, the first thing he does, he gets revenge. He kills Winthrop. In retaliation for the death of Beecher's father. He kills a lot of people in that closet. <laughs> so That's his favorite closet. It's like, hey, go yes. back to the Keller closet. <laughs> oh no, don't people die in here? Yep. Nobody has spread the word yet. <laughs> they keep finding bodies. There. Exactly, they never get out. It's like, do not like, enter. Wait. Death the last person who left this was this room was Keller, and he was making eyes at this guy. Wait, that happened before, <laughs> and yeah. another time, and another time. The yeah, the Keller closet. The Keller closet, <laughs> exactly. Inmates so, go in, but they don't. Come. Exactly. <laughs> the um, the next narrator that we see is Antonio Napa. Hey, ding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he talks about phone calls. And then uh, we see the, the telemarketing, and that seems to be going well so far. Next, Arif gets a pep talk from McManus to continue the bookbinding business that Saeed wanted to do. Then Redding fires Poet, and the rest of the guys walk out in loyalty to Poet. And then they get they try to get jobs with the Muslims. Who decide, let's pray. 
yeah. before we let those fools in here. That's probably a good idea. About to get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> then Busmalis finally agrees to see Norma. We finally get an explanation. Chris, is this satisfactory for you? Um, the explanation as to why she got pregnant. And as to, yeah, why she <laughs> didn't show just, up. And, it was exposition city. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let me tell you a tale. I got stuck in the snow, and then I got a call, and then the guy came over, and then we, if he slipped it in, it fell in, I don't know, then it fell out, baby fell out. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. Was, she she was thinking of Busmalis the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that that fixes it. Yeah, I put your old face on his young head. <laughs> totally makes it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I put a fishing hat on him <laughs> oh my in my mind <laughs> while he was doing. It. Uh no. <laughs> But at least we got one. Okay. Okay. They tried. (laughs) This is them trying. (laughs) We should wrap this up. (laughs) But I do feel for the old guys, and it's nice that they start having more positive uh, arcs. Yeah. Well... (laughs) <laughs> oh, well. Until this next scene. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we learned that, that Stella has cancer and Ribadau reacts. Have, yes. Having had a recent bad <laughs> experience with cancer and his grandson, it's like, oh, uh, yeah. He's not going to. He's like, okay, well, we've gotten close enough now. I'm backing off. <laughs> So I don't get my heart broken again. Mm-hmm. You're dead. You're a dead woman walking. Yeah, pretty much. You're dead to me. Okay, Cyril had another ECT treatment. Jazz Hoyt is still seeing the devil. And Mukata meets with Hoyt's lawyer. Finds out he's always been crazy. And he comes from a very rich family. Don't they all? Mm-hmm. And he's a crazy Hoyt. <laughs> he's a crazy Hoyt. And because he's always been crazy, his appeal is successful. Whereas Cyril's is not. Right. And what fairness is there to be found there? Then, oh, we have a new inmate. Uh, Joffrey Naima. He's a former Black Panther and Ryan's mom's ex. And, uh, not just Ryan's ex. Everybody's mom's ex. I get the feeling. Everybody's mom's ex. <laughs> was, Probably. I was Johnny Appleseed in the 60s. It was the 60s. Yeah. They were all, yeah. Yeah. Commune. <laughs> <laughs> Commune to Buffett. And then I think I'm I'm missing some things because there's a space here that I was probably supposed to go back and fill. Um, <laughs> because the next thing I have is Omar. Um, well, it was probably all the stuff about Omar um, being asked to uh, room with the guy who killed 
Well, wait. First, Omar asked to see the guy who killed. Oh, Saeed. Saeed. And that was shut down. Yeah. And yeah. then Omar is tasked with sharing a room with the guy. Isn't that, does that happen this episode? Mm. I, don't, I don't know. Hmm. Well, what do you have about Omar? Uh, he, he makes a deal with Warden Glenn to get back in M-City. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he's still in solitary. Sorry, that's all in the future. I skipped ahead a little, kids. Apparently you did, yeah. I haven't watched that one again. That's why I'm like, huh? <laughs> i my best to try and be prepared. <laughs> it could end at any second. <laughs> yes, click. <laughs> then Gloria gets Martina's uh, autopsy results back. And turns out he was suffocated. Not, it wasn't uh, because of the poisoning. Yep. So. Glenn got off. Easy. There it you was go. just a murder. Right. <laughs> oh, it was another and murder. And happen all the time at any yeah. city. As long as it's not an accidental poisoning, it's all good. Exactly, because that would be bad. That would look bad. Yep. But, but murders happen all the time. Murders are fucking a dime a dozen in this boy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, oh, the warden. and then somebody else gets gets the job back. The the nurse who was fired. <laughs> the angel of death. Yeah. <laughs> so she's probably the one who who did it. <laughs> and now the other the other inmates in the in the hospital there are looking a little nervous. <laughs> As they should. Yeah. Then Alvarez, uh, his his old, his buddy Ronaldo is visiting, and he finds out he's that Ronaldo is the one who is seeing his old girlfriend Maritza. Then the Sicilians make Robson a deal he can't refuse, so he suggests to Cutler he suggests uh, breath control play. Uh, then Robson talks to Sister Pete and kind of sets it up saying that Cutler is thinking about suicide. And then the next day, Cutler is found dead. Breath control play. Is this actually what it's called somewhere? Yeah. Autoerotic asphyxiation is breath control play? Yeah, that's what he did. Okay. Yeah. I don't... I don't. I know nothing, John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've never heard it called that. Okay. Yay! I'm not alone. Yeah. You and me, we're innocent. It's this corrupting force that forces us to watch us that knows all this sexy Isn't it talk. Funny that, yeah. <laughs> funny. It's ironic. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sexy teacher. <laughs> I know where you work and I know where you play. <laughs> it's one of my favorite King of the Hill episodes. <laughs> where where Peggy becomes a sex ed teacher. <laughs> she has to pra- she has to practice saying certain words. She's like, Well, China. <laughs> <laughs> and then she yells it out, Vagina! <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's 
spits on his beer in the alley. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dale calls up and goes, I know where you live, sexy teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and Hank goes, Dale? Oh, sorry, Hank. <laughs> Could you put Peggy on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No. Sorry. Devolved oh. into more fun shows again. Next. <laughs> Next, we, we finish the series. Woo! Forgiveness. We're done. We're finished. We have four more episodes. Oh. We have Forgiveness, A Day in the Death, Junkyard Dogs, and Exeunt Omnis. 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 Exeunt